Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look at the sporting lines with Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. And it pays off in a touchdown. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And it is that time of week. I always love to catch up with my guy, Lee Sterling, from ParamountSports.com. Take a look at the betting lines, figure out where you can place some money this weekend, and get a little extra money, put a little extra coin in your pocket. So, Lee, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, as always. And we're already into week nine now of the NFL, or week eight, excuse me, of the NFL season. I'm trying to go way too fast. What a start to it, huh? The Cardinals and the Packers didn't look like the Packers were going to have a chance having all their guys out due to COVID. And they find a way to win, and Arizona looked like they had no idea what they were doing on that last play as Kyler Murray threw an interception in the end zone. A.J. Green was blocking, never looked for the ball. What did you think of that Thursday night football game? Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the guy's incredible. I mean, (laughs) he can do a lot with less. I mean, can you imagine once he gets everyone back and uh, they get that defense, they get uh, the best pass rusher, Smith, they also get the best cornerback back. I mean, (sighs) They might be the best team right now. I mean, how they pulled that off is incredible. I mean, not not real good play calling by the Green Bay brass when they got in the red zone late in the game. And then how how does uh, Green, A.J. Green, not know that's a pass play to him? I mean, that to me, no communication there, not the call that I would make. I would have rolled out uh, Murray. So, uh, you know, people say sometimes, you know, uh, is this guy a smart coach? I'm like, that's all relative. I mean, most coaches, trust me, probably barely got by in high school and college. <laughs> Usually uh, we're not on the dean's list. So uh, played football, and they probably said, oh, you know, what do I do for a job? Well, going to coaching. There right. we go. <laughs> right. The Cardinals suffered their first loss, and the Packers, like you said, they may be the, the best team in football right now after after the way they won that game. Got to give them a lot of credit. But, uh, Lee, let's get into some some real good action for the upcoming weekend, man. There's some really good college football games and some very interesting NFL games. So let's go ahead and start things off with uh, some college action this weekend. How about the Georgia Bulldogs and the Florida Gators? Georgia's looking really good, of course, in Florida. Well, they're always up and down. Georgia, minus 14 versus Florida. What are your thoughts on this one? It's always a fun game. I mean, <laughs> It's the world's largest cocktail party for a reason. Um, it's one of those games that they should never change. I mean, some of these games they play, you know, uh, at Jerry's World. They play at New Atlanta Falcon Stadium. Just They just don't have the flair of this game here. So we've seen some of the greatest endings here. And, um, I mean, it looked like Georgia was going to pull away last year. They, they ended up there on top a couple touchdowns. And then Kyle Trask just caught fire for the Gators. But uh, to beat Georgia, you got to throw the football. And Florida this year is not a passer. They've thrown 12 interceptions. I think we're going to see JT Daniels back here for the game and starting for Georgia. Perry's practicing all week. They're 25-7 and as a road favorite. Payback is a you-know-what. No <laughs> Kyle Trask, no shot. Georgia, 38-17. Boom, right there, Georgia big over Florida. So just basically go with what you're reading right there. The, the Lions yep. don't lie on that one. And I'll tell you, man, how, how fired up or how interested are you on the uh, on the coming up playoff committee shows? Because you know every year it's a little bit different. They got different criteria. Are you pretty fired right. up about that coming out next week? Oh, yeah. I mean, you like to see what they're thinking. So right. it's going to be interesting to see if Cincinnati keeps winning. You know, are they going to be – near where they are on the polls, which is number two. 
uh, or they may be like four or five, and they got to you know they need some style points to get into the championships. Right, exactly. Should be very interesting. I always like to, like I said, see where the committee are, how they're thinking, what they're thinking, uh, what what the rules are this year. We're talking right now with Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. You can find Lee on Twitter at Paramount Sports here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. How about this one, Lee? Want to talk about a big-time rivalry game. Michigan, Michigan State. Doesn't get too much bigger than that one. Michigan minus four versus Michigan State. What are your thoughts on this one? Big brother versus little brother. Yep. I mean, these two, when they go at it, no holds barred. Michigan can run the football. Uh, number 25, Hassan Haskins, and number two, Blake Corm, a really nice duo. Combined for 1,331 yards so far this year and 10 touchdowns. But Spartans running back Kenneth Walker, the third, who transferred from Wake Forest. Boy, is he special. 997 yards by himself in seven games. He's averaging 6.6 yards per carry. His nine touchdowns. Michigan State wins this game. He's going to be going to that 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 ceremony in New York, and he's going to finish, I think, in the final three, in the top three. So, uh, I think Michigan State with a bye week to heal up and game plan really helps them. Uh, we saw how Ohio State came out after their bye week. They looked like they were shot out of a cannon. Uh, Peyton Thorne, their quarterback, boy, has he been really good this year too. Let him that comeback win against Indiana. I'm still not sure about Cade McNamara from Michigan. I mean, uh, I, he's been playing with a lead in every game. You know, if he falls behind, they do fall behind by a touchdown or more. I'm not so sure he can get the job done throwing into the teeth of the Spartans cover two defense. So Michigan State has won quite a few times with inferior talent in this game. In fact, they're 11-2 and against the spread in the series. Give me Sparty. I, I think – think we're going to see an outright upset here 24-21. Whoa, man, a yeah. big time upset. There'll be some conversations going on uh following that game, won't there? Woo. Okay. Oh, I'm here for it. I am here for it, Lee. I'm here for it. Bring it all, baby. Bring it all. <laughs> Good stuff right there, Michigan, Michigan State. Talking right now with Lee Sterling here on Raider Nation Radio 920. How about we turn our attention to the NFL game? Uh Cleveland Cleveland, there's always questions around the Cleveland Browns, especially with Baker Mayfield and his injuries, but looks like he's going to play going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, division game right here. Cleveland minus three and a half versus Steelers. How are you looking at this one? Yeah, I thought they were going to rest him, and and, and, and that might have been the prudent thing to do, but that's not Baker Mayfield. This guy's this kid's a gamer here. Uh, I'm watching these two teams in last week. The performance by Cleveland, that offensive line dominated. In fact, uh, you know, watching that game in Case Keenum and Dearness Johnson, these two guys look like Bernie Kosar and Ernest Beiner there, right. the way they were carving up uh, the Denver defense. So uh, they dominated the line of scrimmage. They had almost a 37-minute uh, time of possession of the 60 minutes, and that's important winning games here. Uh, Pittsburgh, for them to win, the, the margin of victory is just so slim. They're also without two of their key defensive linemen. And their offensive line, I think one of the worst three or four lines in in the NFL right now, I don't know if they can hold off two elite pass rushers in Miles Garrett and Javion Clowney. So uh, I think Cleveland, just too tough here. Uh, and I just think Pittsburgh, just they don't have the weapons to score like they used to. Give me Cleveland. I'll lay the three and a half, 23-13. Boom. There you go right yep. there. The Cleveland Browns over the Pittsburgh Steelers, says one Lee Sterling, and that should be interesting. And you're right about Baker Mayfield. He's not going to want to sit. It might be the best idea to rest him up a little bit, but he doesn't want to sit at all. So it looks like he's going to give it a go. Cleveland-Pittsburgh should be interesting. Now, Lee, 
We got to close out with the AFC West. It is not a Raiders game because, well, the Raiders are on a bye. They're sitting there at 5-2 and two right now atop the AFC West, and they get to lick their wounds this weekend and just kind of watch everybody and see how the action goes down. So an AFC West game that's very interesting to all of Raider Nation, the Chargers and the Patriots. Chargers right behind the Raiders at 4-2 and two, um, versus the Patriots. Chargers minus 4.5. What are your thoughts on this one? You know, I, I'm never going to underestimate Bill Belichick. I mean, doesn't have the best skill position, but this is a team that, you know, with a couple breaks, they could have been 6-1 and one instead of 3-4. and four. They had some close losses uh, to the Dolphins, Cowboys, and Bucks. And uh, remember, they buried, totally buried the Chargers last year, 45 to nothing in L.A. So um, they have some experience playing them that, from last year. Uh, they're built to stop the pass, uh, are the Chargers under Brandon Staley. And uh, they've done pretty well in that area, but it's, it's left them vulnerable against the run, and that's how New England likes to travel. Uh, they're a run-oriented team, but Mac Jones just seems to be getting better each week here. I'll take the four and a half. There's going to be a lot of New England fans in L.A. Patriots outright 26-23. Woo, man, that yep. would be huge. That would be a huge yep. win right there if the Patriots could pick that up over the Chargers. And I promise you, all of Raider Nation has become big Patriot fans this weekend as they watch that game. Would love to see the Chargers drop another game. That would be uh, pretty amazing. So good stuff, Lee. Great stuff, as a matter of fact. It's always great to catch up with you. If anyone uh, heard something that they need a little bit more information on or wants to get some more plays from you, what do they need to do? Let's go to the website, uh, it's just going to last not even a full day. Only last until 9 Pacific in the morning tomorrow. You're going to get all five sports. Football, basketball, World Series baseball, hockey, and a UFC card. The UFC card starts at 7.30 in the morning Pacific. So you want to get involved. You want to do it tonight. Don't wait until tomorrow morning. And uh, sometimes it looks like we're going to have one of the first fights. So you don't want to miss any of our – it looks like – seven selections on the USC card tomorrow. So 10 days, all five sports, a hundo, a hundred dollar bill. It should normally cost you $800 just my way. That way you can sample all five sports. We're winning in all five sports, make some money. And then you decide which sports you want to go after the 10 days. How do you order it up? ParamountSports.com. There it is. That's simple, man. Definitely uh, make sure you reach out to Lee and get some information from him, get in, involved with his services, because as you can tell, they are fantastic, and you can catch Lee with us here each and every Friday. Lee, great stuff as always, my man. I always appreciate you. There's a lot of good games going on, UFC actions going on this weekend, so I know you're going to be knee-deep and all that, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. I appreciate you. Thanks, Hugh. No doubt about it. There he goes. Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com always joins us each and every Friday. Always appreciate his efforts. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Yo, what's up? What's up, Raider Nation? It's your homie, Too Short, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, baby. I think that was awesome right there. Just had a Rolling Stones commercial followed by Too Short. That's great. That's a hell of a combination right there. We do have tickets to the Rolling Stones, by the way. You want to go see the Rolling Stones at Allegiant Stadium, we'll be giving those out. That's one of those iconic um, concerts. That's one of those you just go to and be like, man, I was at the Rolling Stones when they went to Allegiant Stadium. That's going to be a good one. So keep listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 for the hookup on those. We got coming up in a few minutes, we got Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk. Does a great job covering the NFL like a glove. We'll ask her about Rich Passaccia. 
ask her about everything going on with the Washington football team and their little investigation and what's not coming out about them. We'll deep dive into what Shireen's got to say. Do want to hear from you, Raider Nation. We've had a bunch of topics, had a lot of fun so far on today's show, and I hate that it flies by so fast. I'm going to somehow find a way to steal an extra hour of radio. These two hours is not cutting it for me. I got to figure out. I got to talk to the boss, figure out how to make it make it happen. But let's not waste any more time. Let's get to one of these text messages that we got. 69187, keyword R&R. We got a lot of good feedback. This one says, the 2016 team would have finished 13-3 and if Carr would have played that last game against Denver. But if you compare the rosters between this team and the, that one, I think this team is better, especially on defense. That team had a better offensive line, but that's about it. And I'll say this about the 2016 team. Uh, that was a very talented team, but I'll have to agree with you 100% that this team is way more talented, in my opinion. Just all around, there's, there's way more talent all over the field, and especially on the defensive side of things. Now, the only thing that this defense doesn't have that that defense had, obviously, was Cleo Mack. But I think this all-around defense is much better much better than that defense that the Raiders had in 2016. I mean, again, the, the biggest thing that the Raiders in, in 2016 was able to do was create turnovers, which is not, hey, don't get me wrong, creating turnovers is great. You know, that's a that's a hell of a skill to have, and they did that. And a lot of the time, it was Reggie Nelson on that back end. And we all know Reggie Nelson is not very good, but he did come up with a bunch of interceptions. And it's funny because I talk about – uh uh, Trayvon uh, Diggs all the time from from Dallas and, and the way that he's coming up with so many interceptions. He's got seven on the season. I mean, he's given up a lot of yards, and I know Raider Nation's pointed it out multiple times. He's given up a bunch of yards so far this season as well. But, man, those interceptions that he keeps coming up with each and every game, seven and six games, is pretty stinking amazing. So I think you kind of take the good with the bad, and that's what happened in 2016. The Raiders uh, had Reggie Nelson back there. Old man Reggie Nelson was getting burnt a lot, but when he did come up with a play, he would come up with a play. And they created a bunch of turnovers. So I would have to agree with you, man. This this defense is way better uh, than that. And this team, in my opinion, is better. And they have an opportunity to really go far. I would have loved to seen Derek Carr had the opportunity in 2016 to finish things off to see how far they could have gone. Because I'll tell you, I was at that playoff game in Houston, um, that wild card game that they played against the Texans. If they had Derek Carr, they win that game, no doubt about it. I mean, Connor Cook almost won that game. The Texans didn't really do anything to to beat the Raiders. The Raiders just couldn't do anything offensively because Connor Cook stunk. He was terrible. Then Houston went to New England the next week and got the brakes beat off them. I would have liked to seen Derek Carr had a chance to finish off that 2016 season. I think they had an opportunity. Got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q, are we now talking about favorite candies for Halloween? Oh, I got to chime in. Our favorite candy is your co-host D. We love him. <laughs> Sincerely, C's Candy. Sour Gummy Bears, Cotton Candy, and San Jose State University Rollerblading Club. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. There you go. There you go, Damon. There you go. That's a love from Sir Whiskey Ray for you. I appreciate you. everything. Uh, I think we missed this one. Did we ever read um, 831 Raiders text? I don't think so. All right, 831 Raider here. I pope, I, oh, his pregame ritual. I pop a beer open, listen to the autumn wind, and take a bite of a Tootsie Roll right before a game. He does not. He does not. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. I refuse. I refuse to believe that. I'm just, I don't even, I'm just reading he, text. He owns, I bet you he doesn't even have any Tootsie Rolls in his house. Nobody even has those candies. Nobody eats those candies. Those candies are so gross. It's like eating dirt. 831 Raider, like you said, man, he pop a beer open. That's a bad combo now that I'm thinking about it. A beer and a Tootsie Roll? <laughs> Anything with a Tootsie Roll is a bad combo. <laughs> 
I take a beer all day, but that Tootsie Roll, no thank you. No, I'm just reading text, man. I, I believe him. I believe him. Beer you and don't. Tootsie Roll combo. I'm going to try it this weekend. Okay, sounds good. Big E, o- Big e out of Oakland said seven is great. Eight, a- eight out of ten would be comfortable. Man, if the Raiders won eight out of the last ten, they would be on fire. I mean, that would be, man, you want to talk about, they'd be getting some, some national talk. They'd be getting some real national talk. If uh, if they were able to go on go on a streak like that and win eight out of ten, and it's not impossible, I'm not saying it's impossible, but man, they got some tough games remaining, and I'll go through these real quick, and then we'll take a break and get to Shereen Williams. Up next, obviously, is the Giants. That, in my opinion, is a dub. Then they got the Chiefs at home, and I'll tell you right now, I'll go out on a limb. I think that that's a dub because it's at home. And I think they, that the Raiders need to get some get back for what they failed to do last season at Allegiant Stadium against the Chiefs, and that was win the game. So I think that they win the next two games. Then the Bengals come to Allegiant Stadium. And I, I consider this one a 50-50 game. Before the season, I would have said that's a dub. But the Bengals are playing some good ball. And the, what I'm really impressed with, with the, when it comes to Cincinnati is not Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, even though they're, they're awesome. Their defense is awesome. They're the number four ranked defense in the league right now. So I think that the Cincinnati Bengals are a 50-50 game. So that's one of those that the Raiders got to go out there and earn that. I'm not giving them that. Then they got to go to Dallas, Thanksgiving, that's a 50-50 game, in my opinion. Traveling, Thanksgiving, primetime. Dallas is a really good team. Got a really good run game. And the Raiders struggled to stop the run. So that's a 50-50 game, in my opinion. Washington at the house. That's a dub. So that's three dubs right there that I've already given them out of five games. Then they go to Arrowhead, take on the Chiefs. That, because it's on the road against Kansas City, I say it's a 50-50 game. I think the one at home is the win. The, the Chiefs. On the road, I think it's 50-50. Then ne- next, on the road again against the Cleveland Browns. And who knows where Baker Mayfield's going to be. This might change my mind in a couple weeks. Maybe he's playing, maybe he's not playing. But we know that they have a two-headed monster as far as the run game goes. Hell, they have a three-man, three-headed monster, as they shown a week ago against Denver. So I put that as a 50-50 game. I'm not going to just give Pencil in a W right there for the Raiders. Then the Broncos head to Allegiant Stadium. I give them a dub on that one. I think that Denver's a very bad team. I don't care if Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Drew Locke. I don't care who's behind center. I just don't think that they're, they're a very good team. That's a dub. So right now I give them one, two, three. That's four. They only got two games left. Colts, and that's on the road. I'm going to give them that game. I think that the Colts are kind of overrated. I'm going to give them that game, even though I got the Colts beating Tennessee this week. Sorry, Demon. I just don't think that the Colts are that good. Maybe I'm low-key hating on you. I don't know. but So that's another dub. So that's what, one, two, three, four, five. And then the Chargers at home. It's going to be a tough game. That's probably going to determine the division. And so I'm going to say that's a 50-50. So that's five wins that I've given them in the next 10. That'll only make them 10. And, what you know, if they, if they win those games, that'll give them 10 wins. Who's that's not going to give me the playoffs, in my opinion. So there you go. What are your thoughts, Damon? Well, you're hating on the Titans, but I really just need you to go to break. You know, we, we can discuss your hateration when we get back. <laughs> Okay. All right. I thought you had something great to drop, but I guess you don't. And you just want me to go to break. So I'll do that. You can give me your thoughts, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. Don't do it now, though, because coming up next, Sheree Williams for Pro Football Talk. She'll join the show to talk all things Raiders, all things NFL. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. I, I'm out me, personally, I'm out of time in my life. I mean, I, you know, I, I've told those guys – we end a lot of the meetings at the end, night before the game, is you just got to try to find a way to have more fun than you've ever had before. And sometimes in this league, the only way to have fun is to win games. You know, so um, again, only way in this league to have fun is really you have to find ways to win games. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. 
and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a I'm just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. You know, you know what I'm talking about? That phrase is trademark, not to be used outside the tradition. Ricky Bobby Inc. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 3.32 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. We're efforting Shereen Williams right now for Pro Football Talk. Uh, DeMond's going to try to get her. If you can't get her, it's all right. We'll just keep it rolling because we only have a little bit of time left in today's show. It's been a lot of good feedback. A lot of good talk. I will say this. I know a lot of folks are disappointed because the Raiders don't play this weekend and it's Halloween and it only seems right for the Raiders to play on Halloween. I kind of like the fact that there's nothing to really stress out about this week. You know, it's just kind of get a chance to sit back and watch the rest of the league and see what they do. Watch the rest of the AFC West, see what they do. See if Denver drops their fifth in a row. See if the Patriots do, in fact, beat the Chargers like Lee Sterling believes. See if Kansas City on Monday night's able to uh, pick up a dub or if they lose. I mean, there's there's a lot that could go right for the Silver and Black this weekend without them ever taking the field. Plus, they're getting an opportunity to lick their wounds and get a little healthy. And I know it's not exactly mid-season, but here it is. This is what you got. You got a 10-game stretch that you got to go and get it done. Got to figure out how to get those seven or eight wins. Seven Seven wins, like I said, will make me feel comfortable that they're, they're a playoff team and probably could win the division. I mean, really, um, I can't remember who said it earlier, but there, it's a good chance that the Raiders could win the, the division. When the season started, I thought it was Kansas City's division and everyone else was kind of playing for second, but that's obviously been proven to be incorrect. Obviously, Kansas City is not the team that I thought they were going to be coming into the season. There was a lot of conversation about the Raiders and their offensive line and putting it together and how long it was going to take for them to gel. The Chiefs did the same thing. They reconstructed their offensive line, and nobody was saying how long it was going to take for them to gel. They still haven't gelled. Patrick Mahomes is still running for his life. Now, I still think they're a damn good team with a damn good coach. So anything can happen quick, fast, and in a hurry, but they're looking very vulnerable right now. Defense isn't very good. Offensive line is struggling. There's a lot of turnovers that they're creating. Patrick Mahomes even came out and said, hey, I, you know, we get behind, I start pressing. So there you go. There's that. So the division is there for the taking for the Raiders or the Chargers. Both teams have opportunities there, but the Raiders sitting there at 5-2. and two. Some really good things could happen for them this weekend, depending on how these games shake out. And that'll be fun just to be able to sit there and watch. So, got some text messages that I'd like to get to real quick. And, Damon, if we get Shireen, let me know. If, we, if not, like I said, we'll just keep it pushing. Triple-A Raider hit us up and said, uh, oh, he just said Triple-A Raider. All right, cool. Shout-out to Triple-A Raider. Um, Jerry said, Reese's Pieces and peanut butter M&M's is where it's at, talking about Halloween candy. I do like Reese's Pieces. It makes me think of, um, what was that movie with the uh, alien cat? Um, what was that dude's name? Not R2-D2. I'm never good with movies. That What's is that the guy? most, that alien cat, yeah. Yeah, the dude that was in the uh, in the, in the the front seat of the, the bike. Remember, he was in the little the basket on the e. bike. E.T. Yeah, E.T., there you go, E.T. phone home. I, I used to like E.T. back in the day. I just couldn't remember his name. I'm not good with movies, man. It's not my thing. I definitely can tell. That's uh, all right. Hey, look, man. Everybody can't be. Uh, everyone can't be demand and have the 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 vast knowledge of the movie game. You know what I mean? Oh, like it's sometimes like when people don't see the movie that you're thinking of. It's like, man, come on. How could you not seen that, man? Come on. Right. Exactly. I uh, got this text when I was a new booty about four years old. I found some Halloween kid candy hidden in the closet. It ended up being a giant bag of candy corn. 
and I locked myself in the closet and ate like half of it. And I never been able to even smell candy corn after that without getting sick. That's funny. That is funny. That's when you realize candy corn was a terrible candy after you ate all that. That is hilarious. I like that. How about this text message? Hey, Q, if the Raiders can't get O-line help before the deadline, would the next best thing be adding depth to the defensive line, someone like Fletcher Cox? Well, that's a possibility. Well, he doesn't get it. Well, <laughs> it's a strong possibility. You know, especially if they move from move on from Clee. Maybe that's what they do. Send Clee to Philly and send Fletcher Cox back to back to Las Vegas. Should have told him just to stay in Vegas. He was already here. How about Deshaun Jackson? See that? See them? Him and the Rams have decided to to go ahead and find a trade partner, which means that they probably won't find one. Because it's out there, so they'll just wait for him to get released, and then somebody will pick him up. Even at, what, age 34, is he? Still fast. Still has speed. I, I, I don't think that he's a guy that I'd want the Raiders to add, but he's, he's got some speed. Got a lot of speed, as a matter of fact. Well, the Raiders already have the speed guy. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not pounding the table and saying go out and get Deshaun Jackson. I remember there was a time when I think Deshaun was on his way out of Philly Maybe it was on his way out of Philly and everyone was doing the little hashtag Deshaun Jackson to Oakland. Obviously, that never worked out. But that was that. Um, got a text from Rob in Oakland. Q it, canes, it, Q, it pains me to type this, but in two coaching tenures, it seems like there's a pattern that Gruden turns quarterbacks into game managers. Those of us who watch closely know that D.C. likes to attack downfield especially when the defense is cheating up, like on third and short. We saw this on the deep pass of Zay in the Philly game. Again, that's from Robin Oakland. And there's some truth to that. There really is. And that's, that's why when we were talking earlier and we were talking to Seth from uh, Pro Football Focus, I was saying, you know, how much of D.C. being reluctant to throw the ball down the field had to do with D.C. being reluctant to throw the ball down the field? And how much of it had to do with the guy on the sideline not really wanting him to take chances? I think there's a lot of truth to both of those things. You know what I mean? I think that that Derek was so, not brainwashed, that's the wrong word, but just he was taught that, you know, hey, just take take what's there, get some yardage. It's better than getting no yardage. You know, go ahead and get the four or five yards and live to see another down instead of throw it up for, in harm's way and get yourself in trouble. And the other thing about that is take that a step further Having the defense that the Raiders have now is giving him the confidence to be able to take those chances as well because if he does happen to throw an interception, he has the confidence that the Raiders' defense will get the ball back instead of, oh, man, if I turn the ball over, it's guaranteed it's going to be seven points because the defense was – it was a sif. You know, it was one of those things where, where opposing teams were just running through that defense like it was nothing. They couldn't afford – the Raiders couldn't afford to turn the ball over a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. And no one ever wants to turn the ball over. But if you do, the Raiders turn the ball over. I actually have a lot of confidence that, hey, the defense is going to find a way to get the ball back or they're only going to limit them to a field goal. You know what I mean? Like, I, I literally believe that. Now, that doesn't happen every time. But I really do feel pretty confident that, hey, this defense is going to come through and they're going to make a play and they're going to help get, them, get the Raiders out of this jam that they're in. More times than not, I feel like this year they've been able to do that. Another reason why they're sitting there at five and two. Again, you got to give a lot of credit to the defensive side of the ball. Uh oh, Tom hit us up. I knew it's not gonna take long for Tom to hit us back. 
So Q, the Colts are overrated, but the Raiders should beat the Bengals in a 50-50 game. Wait, hold on. No, I didn't say the Raiders should beat the Bengals. No, I didn't say that. All right, Q, we're going to have to break up the reunion with Tom because we do have Shireen on the line. Oh, man, okay. Well, that's good. Okay, well, we'll get back to Tom's text. We will because I do want to get to Shireen because Shireen's great. So uh, Shireen's on the line now. Shireen Williams from Pro Football Talk. We definitely appreciate your time as always, Shireen. And uh, I just wanted to ask you about different, a bunch of different topics, but I wanted to start with Rich Bisaccia. You covered him, obviously, like a glove when he was there in Dallas as just a special teams coach. He's now the interim head coach of the Raiders, and he's off to a 2-0 start. What makes players love and respect Rich Bisaccia the way that they do? You know, it's funny. When, you, when you've been around somebody for a long time and you talk to players about them, and I don't know, you just see how they are in practice, you get a sense of whether you think they could make a good head coach or not. And there's two that I've covered that I thought would be really good head coaches who are getting a first full-time chance to do that, and it's, and it's Rich Bisaccia in the interim uh, for the Raiders and also Dan Campbell uh, with the Lions. And I think both in a short period of time, despite the Lions' over record and despite Rich Bisaccia's small sample size, two games, I think they're both proving that they deserve these opportunities. And with Rich, it's just, you know, he just has a respect of his players. I mean, he just commands that. And he is a natural leader. He's very good at what he does. Uh, has long been one of the best special teams coaches in the NFL. John Gruden brought him to Tampa, and that's where he started. And, he, of course, he was in Dallas for five years. And uh, I just think he's, a, he's very good at what he does. And, you know, he's wanted a head coaching opportunity for a really long time. And he wanted the South Carolina job, and he wanted – uh, the South Florida job, and he didn't get any of those jobs that, that he's really wanted in the college ranks, and now he's getting his opportunity in the NFL. And if they continue to play the way they played these first two games under him, and granted the competition is only going to get tougher as he goes through the rest of the schedule, but if they continue to do what he thinks they can do, he's going to get a chance to be a full-time head coach somewhere next season whether it's with the Raiders or whether it's somebody else. And I'm not going to be surprised if he gets the full-time position. And I know people were worried about his connection with John Gruden because he was with him in Tampa and he followed him to Las Vegas. But I think just because you work for somebody doesn't mean you're that person. And I don't know that he had to prove anything to those players that he wasn't John Gruden. They know he's not John Gruden. They know he's Rich Bisaccia and they know what he's about. Yeah, no, I think so. I think you're right with that. And it's funny, every single player that we've talked to has just really sung his praises, uh, how much they respect him and how much they they really want to go out there and play for him. And, you know, when there's off the field adversity, teams find ways to rally around each other and the interim head coach to to win some games. How long or how much do you think that the Raiders can make that rallying cry and really kind of use that as a trajectory for the rest of this season and try to really make a playoff push? Well, you know, it could be for the entire season. I mean, this could rally them for the entire year. I'm not going to be surprised at all if that happens. I mean, you know, when your back's against the wall, you know, two things, one of two things generally happens. You fall apart or you really use it as motivation the rest of the way. And this is a team that, you know, had a decision make to make after that bad loss to Chicago coming out of the first string of emails what were they going to do the rest of their season and I would argue that if they if John Gruden hadn't 
resigned that this is a team that could have disappeared. They could have lost to Denver and Philadelphia and been done. I mean, it happened at the right time to kind of get their season back on track. And, you know, after the bye week, they've got the Giants, which they should win that one. And then, you know, hopefully that gets them on the roll with some big games coming up after that. I know they got the Chiefs and the Bengals and Cowboys all in a row there, but as good as they've played for much of the season, they'll have a chance to win every game they play this year. It's just a matter of can they keep it going uh, and use that motivation positively the rest of the way. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's it's fun to, to look at and kind of look at on paper and see how it can shake out. But, uh, yeah, they do have an opportunity, like you said. We're talking right now with Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And you mentioned the emails, and that was a question and the topic we've been talking about here on the on the show as well. Do you think at some point there's been a lot of people that said, hey, let us see what's going on. Let us see what you found in this investigation. Do you think at some point it's going to be released what's been found in that investigation outside of John Gruden's emails? Well, I don't think it will be unless Congress does get involved, which they have gotten involved. So <laughs> I guess that's a, a way to answer the question both ways. I think only if they're forced to release the emails are they going to release the emails, and I do think there's a really good chance they're going to be forced to release the emails. This whole thing is just strange to me. I mean, right. you can, you know, John Gruden deserved to go. There, I mean, nobody's going to argue that. With, with what was in those emails, nobody's going to argue that. But the way he went was unfair to him, and the fact that he's the only one who's lost his job out of a a workplace culture investigation of the Washington football team just befuddles me. I, I just, I don't get it. And I guarantee you there's more in those emails than we know and perhaps will ever know. But I don't think this is the end of it. I do think there are going to be some other people who are going to lose their jobs out of this eventually. However long, I mean, it, it may not be tomorrow. It may not be next week. But sometime in the near future, I think there are going to be more people who lose their jobs. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. That's for sure. I mean, it's so strange, like you said, and bizarre. And Mark Davis at the owners meetings just the other day said that he's really upset just about the timing. How strange is the timing of it since it sounds like they knew about this back in the summer? Yeah, it's exactly right. And, and And I think they have agreements that, look, there are only a handful of people who should have access to what's in those emails. And the NFL has not started an investigation into who released those emails, which tells you this came from somebody high up within the NFL who got the approval to, to release these emails. And it was done in two batches, and it was done intentionally. And they could have done it before the season, and they didn't. So, you know, this kind of tells me that, that they wanted John Gruden gone, and they wanted him gone at this moment. So, yeah, I think it was very unfair to the Raiders. I think it was unfair to John Gruden. Again, John Gruden should be gone. Nobody's right. going to argue that. But just the way it happened, I think, we, you know, you can have it both ways, that it was unfair to him, but he should be gone at the same time. Agreed. Agreed 100%. And what about the, the punishment or the slap on the wrist, as far as I'm concerned, for Daniel Snyder? I mean, yeah. paid, what, $10 million? That doesn't seem like too much anything to me. No, agree completely, and there needs to be more to come out, more accountability for what went on within the Washington football team, and there hasn't hasn't happened yet, and I don't know if it ever will happen, but it, you know, it's basically owners protecting owners is what it boils down to. These owners don't want their emails to come out, and 
they're protecting Daniel Snyder, everyone except the one person who's been affected by it, which is Mark Davis. They all are trying to protect themselves, basically, because they could be in the same situation at some point, sometime, and they don't want emails to come out and be released. I guarantee you that. So, you know, I, I just it, it is amazing that no one with the Washington football team has truly paid a price for an investigation. John Groom's the only one who has paid a price with his job um, out of this investigation, and, and it's just it's crazy. Yeah, it really is. It really is. We're talking right now with Shereen Williams here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. Uh, how about Deshaun Watson? What are your thoughts on him? Do you think he gets moved before the November 2nd trade deadline? Well, you know, the Dolphins uh, seemingly want some assurances that, he A, he's not going to be placed on the commissioner exempt list, which I think they mostly have that because the commissioner said it publicly. And then they want the 22 civil lawsuits, you know, fixed and that's not going to happen before the trade deadline on Tuesday so is he going to get traded Mm, I don't know I I know the Texans want to move him I know they've agreed to compensation but they're not going to have those assurances that those 22 civil cases are going to get resolved by Tuesday or any time in the near future I mean that's just not going to happen so unless they say we'll take Deshaun Watson and roll the dice and take our chances, then the trade's not going to happen. Now, Carolina, whatever you've heard, Carolina is involved in this thing. Carolina wants Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson has not, he has no trade clause, and he's not okayed that uh, trade to Carolina. Right now, it's only a trade to Miami. So does he approve that before Tuesday and maybe ends up in Carolina? We all know he wants to go to Miami, but I don't know that that's going to happen before Tuesday. So it's sort of in his hands at this point, and it's sort of in the Dolphins' hands. Are they going to give in and say, okay, we'll we'll trade for you despite not knowing what's going to happen with these 22 civil lawsuits? Is Deshaun Watson going to say, I'll take a trade to Carolina since I can go there now and, and, and play now? I think that's kind of where it is right now. So what's going to happen between now and Tuesday? Who knows? I think it's anybody's guess at this point. Yes, Shereen, I also have a question about the NFL at large with the Deshaun Watson situation. And we've had some of the lawyers from KMB Legal who defended the Washington football team employees who brought this case upon the NFL is this just something that the NFL is just going to hope blows, blows over? Or do, do they take a hit besides um, PR on this? Yeah, I think you're right. I think they do hope it just blows over. But with Congress getting involved, I don't know that that's going to happen. But, you know, they whoever released those emails opened up a Pandora's box on this thing. And I, I do think it is the tip of the iceberg and that we're going to eventually uh, see more to come out of this. So everyone will just sit. And those who know they've sent some emails to Bruce Allen, I think they're probably sitting on pins and needles waiting to see if their emails are going to come out. And and uh, what's going to happen. And I do wonder, I mean, you wonder if, did, did John Gruden know, like when they started this investigation, did he worry about having sent those emails to Bruce Allen, or did he think, uh, you know, not even think about it, not even think that they would ever come to light? And, uh, you know, at some point I think he'll, he'll talk, and I think that's probably a, a question, and I would be curious to know 
uh, if he had concern about that when, when he knew that they were starting this investigation into the Washington football team. I would think yeah. the answer would be no, but who knows? Yeah, this it's so funny that a, a part of me feels like he probably didn't even think nothing of it. I, I yeah. just it's, it's yeah. feels like, oh, just emails that I sent to my buddy Bruce. So I just I kind of feel like that that's where it's going. But that's a great question to ask. And hopefully some point he'll talk and we'll be able to get the answer to that. Well, Shereen, great stuff as always. Very informative. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, you do a great job with pro football talk, of course, and covering the NFL like a glove. So thank you so much. Enjoy your week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. There she goes. Shereen Williams, fantastic job. Great. I mean, that's that's one of those that you could run that back. I mean, the first, what, three, four questions that we had right there, you could run those back. I mean, that was just very informative, great details. And, uh, again, she covers the NFL like a glove. So anytime we get a chance to have her on, I'll always uh, – I'll definitely have that and have her on because she's just a great job. So we definitely appreciate her. Uh, I want to real quick, and I don't – Damon, you got to let me know how much time we have. No, we got time for you uh, to get back to Tom. Okay, I got to get to this top Tom uh, text real quick because I want to make sure he's got me straight before we head into the weekend. It says, so Q, the Colts are overrated, but the Raiders should beat the Bengals 50-50 game. First, I'll stop there. I never said that the Raiders were going to beat the Bengals. I said that that's a 50-50 game. The Bengals are a damn good team with a top four defense. That was the first part. I never said that they were going to beat the Bengals. That's why I didn't give them a W. I said that's a 50-50. I said that before the season, I would have said that the Bengals was a dub. I'm not saying that now. They're a really good team sitting atop the AFC North. All right, now, continuing on his text. Who have the Raiders beat? Ravens week one with 17 players on IR. The Chargers game was close, and those Eagles almost as good as Bengals and Dallas, right? Carr would have beat Arizona last night if he was on Green Bay. Can't believe your guest didn't bring that up. Disrespect on Carr is unreal. I know Carr's been attacking deep his whole career, right? Top five, Tom. So there was a lot of sarcasm in that, but... I think that the Raiders have done a damn good job. I think they've played some really good ball this year. And you could say who have they beat, but they started out with Baltimore. They turned around and beat Pittsburgh. I mean, that was back-to-back. Those are two tough, tough games. I don't care what you say about Pittsburgh and them being down. It's still, you're going on the road. You're playing a team like the Steelers. That's not an easy game. Actually, I'll tell you right now, Tom, there's no easy games in the NFL in general. There really isn't. There's going to be a game this weekend that you're going to see happen. You're going to say, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. You'll see it happen this weekend. Just like originally we all looked at the Bengals and thought they were going to be trash. They're not. They're a really good team. So I get it. I'm glad you're back, though. I'm glad, glad you're back. You I'm back, glad Tom. you're still rocking with us. Glad to have you back, Tom. Yeah, no, no. Tom's my guy. I, I'm glad to have him back. But I always got to have to go head to head with him. I don't have time to get to his last text. Damn it. Well, Vinny Bonsignor is coming up next. Maybe you can keep it going. Maybe uh, he can uh, talk about Tom's text next and all the rest of the text messages on the Sam and Ash text line. And, of course, the feedback, 702-365-9200, Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Vinny is at the TI Golden Circle Sportsbook holding it down, man. He'll be there 4 to 6 p.m., so make sure you go by, holler at him, say what's up, get some prizes, and uh, enjoy some great sports conversation. Have a fantastic weekend, Raider Nation. Enjoy Halloween. Be safe out there. Most importantly, just win, baby. We'll holler.